this case, it was user error. Welcome to the Financial Independence Garage, where we give you the tools to repair your finances and unfold the roadmap to financial independence. You finally uh, got the label maker out? And put no, it on I'm just top. way better at finding the file before I click the record button. Welcome. It, you're welcome because in our pre-recording that was messed up, we realized what we messed up in our regular recordings, which is, uh, hi, I'm the money mechanic. I'm the accountant. And I'm the economist. And we're sitting here in the FI garage, bringing you some beer tasting and uh, financial wisdom. This is cider. Oh, right. Yeah, well, we talked about affordable drinks in a previous episode. So the this, previous episode. Yeah, this is the Mrs. Money Mechanic cider that's ready now. So it's just sunripe apple juice with an ale yeast. And uh, cheers. 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 It's uh, quite tasty. Not bad, eh? Yeah. It's a dollar a liter. Tastes like apple juice. Dollar a liter. I'll take that. Oh, come back in a couple weeks because we did some raspberry infusion in the next cider. Really? Oh. Yeah. How about barrel aged? Is that one coming? Uh, if you get me a barrel, <laughs> we can hook it up. Let's get yes. a barrel. I, I have a barrel. You have a barrel? Oh, you do it have only, a barrel. It only does half a liter. Oh, you got the little one. Yeah. Well, we can do some barrel aged mini. Why yeah. couldn't we? Yeah. yeah. That seems fine. Test it out. So we'll get to our regular beer tasting in a minute here. Yeah. But we'll, we're going to talk about why everybody's way too conservative in the FI community. Tonight. Well, we're going to ask the question. No, no. We're going to tell people why they are. Oh, okay. okay. <laughs> I thought you were on the we're not too conservative train. Well, I'm like waiting for you guys. Earlier this morning. Yeah, yeah. Well, well I'm waiting for you guys. Earlier to... this morning, like three minutes ago. <laughs> yeah, I want to hear your position first, and then I'm going to see where I stand. Okay. In other words, you're just going to play devil's advocate and argue with anyone. I'm not usually that way. That's that, your job. That is a... Well, it's yeah, true. that's a good point. <laughs> All right, the accountant... But, oh, right. So we changed our segment. It's not a useful product or an interesting article anymore. We're doing a useful hack. Yeah, we don't like to have the same segment more than two or three episodes in a row. So we just, we switch it consistently. Eventually, we'll find a format that works. Well, yeah. I I think this works. Yeah. No format. (laughs) Seems seems to be going well so far. It's much easier in the pre-planning for the show. We basically just show up in the FI garage with beers and bs we go which is the truth of what we did before we had microphones that that was the whole point of the thing that was why we brought in the microphones yeah Yeah. being too structured doesn't work for us no absolutely not your useful hack the accountant has one tonight yes so my useful hack is in order to not pay for a costco membership i discovered that if you get costco gift cards you are still allowed to shop in a costco really yes so now you have to have somebody with a Costco membership buy the gift card. But in my case, my parents have a membership. Right. I send them some money. They buy me a gift card. I go out and get what I need from Costco, put it on the gift card. Problem solved. What if you overspend? <laughs> oh, good. Good thinking. So that's a great question. If you sling overspend, hot dogs. I think you sling the, hot dogs. The last item above what the value of the gift card is. Yeah is where they cut you off. Can't buy it. Can't buy it. That's awesome. <laughs> no, so so like if your last item puts you at, you know, if you have a $200 gift card and yeah. it puts you at $210, yeah. you'll be able to pay 10 bucks, but you yeah. can't have any more items. Wow. Well, that's fair. Well, it's fair, but I don't know. But what a great way to stay on budget. True. True. Well, I did It seems it. like a silly thing for Costco to do. No, that's enough of your business. <laughs> Don't want any more. Well, I think they don't really like that people do right. the whole gift card yeah. thing. Couldn't you just make uh, buddies with the person in line with you and be like, hey, can I borrow your card? 
Well, you can't get in the door without the card. Oh, you get in the door with a gift card. Yeah. I got in there today without my card. Well, there you go. How how'd you do that? Smile, wave, keep walking. <laughs> Use a blocker. You know, it's amazing how many places you can get yeah. into if you just act like you're supposed to be there. Absolutely. Exactly. Yeah, well, I was standing in line saving $3 on uh, propane that took 45 minutes while the wife was already inside, which was she bought a shirt. So I think the whole plan backfired. Yes, yeah. that sounds <laughs> like it backfired. Yeah, <laughs> they do have some fairly good cheap clothing there anyway, but... Uh, yeah, that's an interesting ta- hack. I guess that would be most beneficial for people that shop there once, twice, maybe three times well, a year. Well, that's right? what you're not going to be wanting to there... do this once a month. No, and we only go there a couple times a year. To, so to pay the sixty bucks for two shopping trips to Costco for a membership is a little ridiculous. Yeah, yeah. that does sound ridiculous. Yeah, I'm, I always question even the sixty dollars membership that we have for the four times we go a year. Is that worth it? I mean, yeah, I probably save the fifteen bucks, but right, I don't know. Yeah. I mean, I think like we do a big enough shop each time. We we keep a lot of product stored, uh, so I think it works out. But yeah, but we ended up spending the extra sixty bucks today on not on the list items. Well, there you go. Right? Yeah, it happens. It Absolutely, just happens. it does. Yeah. All right, good hack. I like that one. Um, oh, the other one uh, to tie into yours was. Uh, you can buy your gift cards if you have a membership. You could be buying gift cards and collecting v- credit card points in, with your online purchase right. of the gift card. Because Costco only takes MasterCard. They didn't even debit. used to take and that. Exactly. So that's when we started. We were using our Visa for cash back points on the, the gift, gift cards. Card. Yeah. That's a good way so, to go. So there's another slight hack. I mean, maybe you don't have a, a MasterCard that you're going to use. I was pretty happy to use it. So my what name. did you use to buy stuff with at Costco? With your bank card. Oh, yeah, it, really? It was debit only yeah. for a long yeah, period it was debit of time. Only. Was it American Express way back? It, it, only in, I don't want to say how long ago it was, but who has it at Amex? Yeah. Not many people, right? Well, maybe if you listen to a credit card, <laughs> credit card episode, show, you'll you get, get the you're cobalt. picking up the cobalt. The yeah, cobalt, <laughs> yeah. Well, from our credit card episode, right? I told everybody that I got the Rogers yeah. MasterCard unlimited. They finally got back to you? Oh, I have the card. Oh. Yeah, and it was we were going to Costco this morning. I was like, hey, take the MasterCard. Right. And, you know, I didn't know what my pin was. <laughs> At least I remember that. But it was great because we did get some cash back right. on, on the card today. So, yeah. All right. Well, that's a pretty good hack. We'll uh, try and think of something else for next week, the next episode. I need another beer. Yeah, let's yeah. crack into a beer. It's a hot day here in Victoria. Yeah. Uh, I don't usually say, let's go find out what's in the fridge, but we had like the cider aperitif. Right. Yeah. So let's go find out what's in the fridge. All right. All right, boys, look what I found. It's a new one. Okay, we've had some, no, I won't call them complaints, but maybe comments Right. that uh, we're a little too centric on our beer choices out of British Columbia here, which is, it's an, it's hard to get beers from the rest of Canada because of our liquor laws in BC. So yeah, not, not whether we're making excuses, but I have chosen out of province today. This is out of country. You're right. It yeah. Is. yeah. This is... How are you going to read it now that you've opened it? Uh, it's, it's vertical on this one. I'm okay. okay. This is oh, the... it is. Cheers. Cheers. Oh, I need to open mine then, hey? All right. Yeah, that's cool. Yeah. Just cheers without me. I'll just sit <laughs> over here in the corner. Yeah. There you go. There, It's in a can. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. yeah no, this is the uh... Samuel Adams Sam 76. Is it 76 calories? I think it's the year of uh, independence. 1776. Given that the... Their logo yeah. has a 1776 on it. Uh, now, it's interesting because this one is a lager ale hybrid. Yeah. Oh, hybrid. Which I'm confused about because they have different fermenting techniques. 
Okay. So I'd like to learn a little as bit a more beer about expert. These. You know that as a beer brewing connoisseur. Brewer. So did they like ferment them separately and mix them together? It's possible. It's uh, what they've got here is a tasty beverage. Yeah, it's this uh, is actually quite surprisingly good. I they gave it to me um, in the liquor store. Uh, the sample. There's a sample lady there. Right. I mean, I'm a sucker for a beer sample in a liquor store. I thought store. you were just saying that, like, oh, they gave me it at the liquor store. <laughs> Sam 76 gives you the flavor of an ale with the refreshing and crisp finish of a lager. There's more there. That's in French. Oh, okay. Yeah. That's Jim Koch who's telling us that. Yeah. I met him when we went to the Sam Adams Brewery. Really? Yeah. Fun fact. Fun fact, I've been at Sam Adams Brewery. I what, think it's really good, actually. Yeah, it is. What's, it's, this it, is very good. It's different, right? Yeah. What's, has tw- a, what's 12 IBUs mean? That's the international bitterness units. Right, so that means 12's it's... 12's fairly low. Yeah, fairly low. It, the, it almost tastes higher than 12. It does, though. It's got a bit of yeah. hoppy, hoppy character to it, doesn't yeah. it? Yeah. I think it's really good. It's got a bit of a unique flavor that I'm not picking up in a lot of the um, trendy beers these days. Yeah. No, I like that. It's uh, Yeah, I like it a lot. So have a look, because you can probably find this across Canada, the Sam 76. I'd, I'd call it a summer beer. Like it's kind Yeah, of like I'm going nice... to give it the Economist seal of approval. Wow. That might be the first one. No, we had Stanley Park he approved of. That's true. Yeah. yeah. Maybe we yeah. need a thumbs up section in there. It's a lot of work on the website. Yeah. I don't know. All right. We'll look into it. Moving on. Now that we've got our beverages, we can talk about the meat of tonight's subject. Ooh, exciting. Which is... Are we too conservative? Are we too conservative? I want to hear your pitch on this. I want to hear your stance. Well, Describe to me what you mean by this. Are we too conservative? I think generally we were looking to talk about the fact of when people are running their numbers and trying to figure out when when they would be fi, what they need to save, what their spending levels are going to be, are people generally too conservative? You know, is the 4% rule too conservative, not conservative enough? When can I retire? When can I declare myself fi? I think that's... Well, I also think part of it too is what are you working towards? Like, are we... You know, some people might say, well, my fi goal is to work part-time doing this or that, but they won't declare themselves fi and start doing that until they're fully fi. Well, isn't that being too conservative? Right. I agree with that. I'm not convinced. You're not convinced? Not yet. No. I'm still waiting for exactly what you mean by this conservative. Are you talking about people's investments? I or wasn't. Just, just their calculation of numbers. Just they're going, this is my annual spend or uh, expense rate. And this is, so that's the number I, you need I to think replace, right? What we're really saying is their goal along the path to fire, how they're calculating their goal, is too conservative. Right. So. Do we want to use any hypothetical numbers here that are commonly thrown around in the community? Well, you like for to, examples. You like to use a million dollars. Well, I don't like to use a million dollars because I think it's too much. Well, you sorry, you like to use forty thousand dollar. Not really. No, no, that's okay. not my number. Okay, that's not my fine number at all. Okay, you've brought it up a couple times on the. But I, that's that's a commonly. I think used it's because number. it's a really easy exactly. Number to use. So I think right. we 4% should four percent of a million is forty grand. Like we should. Good stick thing with we're doing it. grade four level math here, so we yeah. can figure out when we're five. Like, exactly. Come on. No, it's, it's true. a little more intricate than that. No, but I think for just for talking about it when we haven't done any math, it makes it easier. So I'd say, f- for the purpose of this show, we'll say forty thousand dollars a year. Is yeah, is saying you need a million dollars too conservative right. on that? And I think now you may 
look at this differently. But there aren't too many people in in the community who say, "Okay, my spend is forty thousand. My goal is significantly less than a million." I think we need to agree that whether we're talking about, you know, fire or fi, fi. Okay. I think that there you kind of need to describe them a little bit differently because if somebody says, "I want to fire," yeah, become fire, then you need to have, well, technically using the four percent rule, you need to have that million dollars for your forty k. Okay. So but I'm if saying, you, but if going. you want to be fi, yeah. You could be generating your 40k from other sources. Is that kind of what you're talking about? Well, I'm saying no. I'm saying your claim that you need the million dollars is too conservative. Okay, that's what I think. So what you're uh, so you're saying that you can have less as a lump sum and be fire, and where you need to generate that where you need to generate zero income for the rest of your life. Right, but you need to generate your 40k a year. Right. So that needs to come from somewhere else. I'm saying it can come from a, a retirement fund that's less than a million dollars. More than 4% withdrawal. No. Okay, well, describe what I don't understand what you're saying then. So the the 25 times your spend yeah. is the accepted math. Yes. So that was my question. Do you agree that the community accepts that as gospel pretty much? I think it's the most talked about. Right. Yeah. Yeah. I think people would understand if you said 25 times or 4% rule. Right. Yeah. I think we're getting caught up way too much in the 4% rule. I think so too. That's why I'm trying to understand what you're talking about. Like I understand you're saying conservative because you could be withdrawing, you could, your portfolio could generate 2% in dividends and then you only need to withdraw the other 20 grand. Right. Sure. But I mean, I think either way, it's just, are people being too conservative and saying, well... I don't know if my side hustle will be able to make 10 grand a year. So instead of saving up for providing myself with 30 grand in income, I'm going to save for 40 just in case my side hustle doesn't make me anything. I but, agree with that. But that's the definition of financial freedom or independence is not having to generate any other forms of income. Right. But you're making the assumption that you're going to have zero. Yes. Income. You have is, to. That, is that too conservative? Is, yeah, that's the question. No, it's not because you need to make that assumption in order to fit into the defined definition of what financial independence is. Can you rewrite that definition for yourself? Of course you can. But you can't call yourself financially independent if you still need to generate active income. Okay, but it, let's say you don't make any income, so you go decide to move to a lower cost of living area. <laughs> right? Like there's... I'm just saying that are people looking at it and as I'm, I guess I'm more looking at the people who hate their jobs and really want out. Absolutely. Like in that scenario, if you hate it and you really want out, are some of those people being too conservative and pulling the plug later than they need to? Whereas if they were just adaptable, they could pull the plug earlier. And depending on what your circumstances are, you're fine. You could move, you can... Go travel overseas to a low cost of living area. You can pick up a small job from time to time. Like in that scenario, are people being too conservative? I think you open yourself up to a lot of risk there. Well, well that's the definition of being conservative, isn't it? <laughs> well, yeah. <laughs> Avoiding risk. <laughs> oh, well, I agree. But that's my point, though, is I think a generalization... I'm stepping out on a limb here to generalize the community, but 
people that are diligent about saving and optimizing their spending are probably naturally a little more conservative because they put more thought into future considerations. Right. And no argument. So welcome to the conversation. (laughs) (laughs) Are they too conservative? That's the question. That's a really, really hard one because it's too nuanced. There's too many ways we can factor that. I'm my stand is that if you declare yourself to be financially independent, yeah, or financially independent, retire early, right? That we've decided that's optional, right? Yeah. We we like financial independence, refocus energy. Yes. But regardless, the underlying definition is that you no longer need to work for income. So if you're being too conservative and saying, I need to hit um 40k to cover your expenses let's use our number yeah right if you've only hit 30k you're not financially independent you need to come up with that other 10k no but here's the thing you're calculating the amount of income your fund will produce conservatively or you're calculating the amount you can withdraw from the fund so you're saying you disagree with the trinity study well, no, I'm saying I disagree with how the FI community has interpreted it. So I th- uh, I don't want to spitball numbers here because it's I should look it up, but it's like a 96 or 97% success rate. Right. And, right. Over, and the they 20, do over any 25-year period, right? 30-year, but 30 basically period, yeah. infinite yeah. period. Yeah. But they do, they do ignore taxes, so there's that. Yes, they do. Right? Yes, so they do. If you were doing a real sit-down analysis of it, you'd have to factor taxes in. But they, the FIRE community has said, okay, I need my retirement fund to be 25 times so yeah, I yeah. can withdraw 4%. Yeah. They're not taking into account government retirement income. They're not taking into account uh, dividend income, rental income, all these things. Yeah, I mean, there's... <laughs> There's dogs trying to headbutt a door right now. It's pretty awesome. (laughs) The FI Garage guard dogs are back from their walk. (laughs) They smell the beer and they want in. (laughs) Um, Yeah, okay. That's. I'm seeing where you're going with this now, and I'm. I'm kind of. I'm understanding from more the withdrawal side what you mean. You're gonna have. um, If you had a five hundred thousand dollar portfolio, let's just use another round number, that was producing. 5% 5% dividend. Sure. Right? right? Yeah. Okay. So you've got that cash flow every year. Right. 25K. Yeah. Yeah. So 25 of your 40s. Now, we won't go into whether that portfolio is very risky or not or what right. it's holding and things like that. Let's ignore yeah. its holdings right now, but it's delivering you a... And, of course, we'll ignore taxes, right? So right. you got 500K delivering you 25. Are you going to withdraw the other 15? Where's the other 15 come from? You're not, you're still not five. Well, sure. Uh, if you withdraw the other 15, that's 3% withdrawal rate. Okay. Right. All right. And now, okay. Well, I don't know. So now you're, you're now granted as you withdraw money from your fund, if it depletes, your dividend income will be less. Exactly. Right. So that's what I mean, though. That's getting into some complicated tables and math to do that. Whereas yeah, the accepted is you got your 4%. You never need to worry about that. Right. But if we take an hour of math and reduce our goal by 20%, maybe the hour is worth it. 
Uh, for anybody that would like to take The Economist up on that, uh, please reach out to us at the FI Garage, <laughs> leave a comment, uh, send him an email, and he will provide you an hour of math <laughs> You know, at a small fee. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> It'll be one beer. And this is all for entertainment purposes only, of, of course, course, as, of you course. Can, as you can probably tell. But yeah. we're I'm, trying to be serious here, though, because it is interesting, and I, I do see where you're going with the conservativeness, but it's really hard to plan it out. Well... And let's just we, before you go on, okay, um, Mr. Money Mustache. It's funny now he's using him because we used to exclusively use right. Mr. Money Mustache. It's so, good that he's reading. Look who started reading. <laughs> yeah, he he wrote a post. How much do I need for retirement? Yeah, and it was basically based on the four percent rule. And he said, Yeah, twenty five times your income. That's a good goal. Yeah, and I got a feeling that's why it's become gospel in the community, or uh, you know. I think the Trinity it, study was right. the baseline. But, but it's everybody. his interpretation of it. Yeah. Anyhow, he says, planning for a 4% withdrawal rate is a shiny, bulletproof limousine of a retirement plan. And you can ride it all the way to the party at Mr. Money Mustache's house. So I think he's he's absolutely right. It's If you plan for 25 times, You're you have 0% chance of failure. Of failure. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. I'll, okay, I'll agree with that. I'll agree with that. Right? Like it yeah. And I think that's the whole question is is that like should you take a little more risk? Should you do some things earlier like I guess especially from the point of view of you don't know how long you're going to live. Like is saving if you can have maybe 90% assurance that you're going to be fine right. and reach 5 3 years earlier and you've always wanted to take a trip to Antarctica before it melts. <laughs> then maybe you do that. Yeah. So now we're getting into the continuum of phi. Right. And you said earlier you can't declare yourself financially independent if you don't have the cash flow. I mean, if you want to get technical. Right. Now, if you take a risk and leave at, I don't know, 18 times your, your spending instead of 25. Right. If you leave your main job, are you really a failure if you have to go back to work for a year? No, I, I don't think so at all. Well, right? and in fact, I'm on the from the position is that we're as another generalization of people in the community. Right. Uh, everybody's fairly self-starter motivated. So yeah. even when you quit your daytime job, there's a high likelihood you will generate some other form of income. Well, that's just in a it. roundabout way. Well, and I I think it's Joel from FI 180 had the quote that the worst case scenario is everybody else's every day. You got to go yeah. back to work. Yeah, exactly. Like, right. Yeah. That's yeah. or you're every day now. Yeah. If you decide to leave a bit early, the worst case scenario is you return. And sure, you could have a resume gap, or it might be a little difficult to find the same work. But at the end of the day, you're going to yeah. be able to go find work. Yeah. So then, what are you thinking is a a less conservative approach and saying, okay, I only need 15 times my expenses. Like, what's your number? Are you thinking there's another number that you can use if you're uh, Somebody that feels well, more comfortable with that? or I think it depends a lot on your spending level. Okay. And I think that I'll know more after I write a post about this. Okay. And actually we'll look forward dig to into the numbers a little bit. But uh, I just think... Also, how adaptable are you? Right. How willing are you to do... To work part-time, to... To cut back if you hit a downturn. Right. To, Travel. Yeah. Right. Yeah, you mentioned the accountant, you mentioned geo-arbitrage there. You know, maybe you go live overseas for five years. 
Yeah. And withdraw a lower or have a lower expense cost of living while your portfolio continues to do its thing in the market and grow. Right. Yeah. I mean, we're, we're ignoring market risk here though, too. Yeah. Now, but the explore FI Canada podcast did an episode on the 4% rule. Are you going to throw me under the bus right here? No, I'm not. Well, probably later on, but at least once now I've lost my train of thought. Perfect. (laughs) Sideline. Moving on. (laughs) Yes, if you didn't know, The Money Mechanic uh, broadcasts on two podcasts. My favorite one and then my second favorite one. There you go. <laughs> You're not going to say which is which, are you? I'm going to leave that open. Yeah. Um, well, uh, let's just say I only drink beer on one of them. So wow. There you go. Pretty. Cheers to that. Yeah, it's whiskey in the other one. Yeah. <laughs> what What question did you ask right before I, me- I mentioned Explore FI? Oh, I said market risk. Oh, market risk. Yes. Yeah. Um, that was definitely what tweaked my memory but i've still lost (laughs) (laughs) no you said that um a couple things you said about the trinity study that people end up more often with maybe eight times oh i see yeah okay i I know where you're going with this um they've you know factor in the study that even with um your four percent withdrawal there's it's i think it's michael um uh, is it uh, K- pronounce this wrong? Kites, Kites, K I T C E S. Michael, that's not an easy one to pronounce. No, Kites, Kites. You go. You do you. <laughs> <laughs> he was the one that wrote in his. He's got a very good article about the four percent withdrawal rule and saying that as many times as it fails, there's a highly likelihood that you'd end up with eight times your original million dollars because of market returns right so yes i mean you could take that one sample and say well look how conservative you're being you don't need that million dollars if it times by eight that's right. a waste of your savings power for 10 years quit your job you got it but that those are the extremes well the right. broke and the the eight times yeah but another thing from the trinity study was that the first five years after retirement are telling oh, as totally. to with whether it's going to last or not yes so those first five years are probably the fir- the easiest five years to get back in the labor market. Totally. True. Right? And, or on the flip side of that, the easiest years to tone it down to part-time and then fully pull the plug if that's what you want to do. Right. This is a, this rabbit hole has a lot of different paths. Oh, yeah. It's got a lot of different rabbit holes. Yeah. I don't know how you, I don't even know how you can quantify this and go like, because there's three of us sitting here. Mm-hmm. And each of us is going to have a different answer to this right. underlying and, question of how much is enough. And we're all going to have a different appetite for risk. Totally. Right? So you've made the generalization that the FI community is too conservative. They're all riding around in bulletproof limousines. <laughs> That's a way to tie that back in. I like it. But nothing wrong with that. I think setting that lofty goal is probably good because there, that, there's that's, that's also generalized that you know, there's a lot of unknowns and unvariables in the future that we can't plan for. Right. So we having could, the bulletproof limousine would be really nice. We could live to 400. Yeah. Fingers crossed. Yeah, right. <laughs> right. No, that's true. But at the same time, I think we're really speaking to those people who are miserable in their, yeah. in their job or feel that. Or are waiting an extra six months to make the change they want to make. Right. I think it's more than that if you're talking about 
saving a million bucks. Well, I more mean even from the like career change point of view. Yeah. Right? Like Or yeah. there's an opportunity you want to pursue. And not going for it because you feel like you don't have enough saved, but really you have three years worth of living expenses saved. It's You're probably going to be fine if you go for it. Well, there's been a fair bit of talk about that in different podcasts and on different blogs about, you know, the psychology of it, the, the phi continuum, like I mentioned earlier, yeah. is, you know, you may have, like you said, three, five, ten years worth of expenses already saved and invested that you don't need to touch. And this is what we talked about in previous episode as well about coast fire, breeze yeah. fire. Yeah, maybe now is the time to take on a new challenge or find the opportunity or follow your passion, right? Right. Maybe it doesn't pay for two years. Yeah. And then maybe totally it does, possible, right? It's entrepreneurship for pansies. That is that's the that's the accountant right <laughs> I, there. I trademarked the that. The accountant likes that yeah. one. Yeah. Now another word for pansies is conservative people. Conservative, yeah. <laughs> right. Well, okay, you've made the generalization, and I don't think you're wrong, but I think it's totally reasonable. I think being conservative when it comes to an unpredictable future is a good way to be. That's fair. Right? Yeah. Because if you're part of the FI community, you're you're probably not going to be the one that's taking gigantic risks because that doesn't really fit our profile of people who are optimizers, yep. who analyze everything, who track everything, and, and want to make qualified good assumptions looking forward. Right. I guess... Being, what, being conservative is, is also protects you. But what I'm kind of leaning towards is that it's not a gigantic risk to go less than 25%. Well, if, if we just looked at this a little closer, we might find that, you know, 22.7 times is, is a very reasonable risk to take. Okay. Well, yeah. Well, run some numbers. I mean, let's yeah. that, do a new Trinity say, well, have right. you looked at fire calc? Well, you guys said that... Uh, no, I haven't. I don't know what that is. Okay, well, you're missing out. <laughs> Just to be blunt. Okay. <laughs> you are missing out. If if our listeners haven't heard of FireCalc either, it's great. This is, I think, ties in really well with what we're talking about. It's it's a website you can look up. It's uh, firecalccalc.com. It's a different type, a different kind of retirement calculator. Sorry, that's how they say it. And this is exactly how you can put in your spending your portfolio and how long you want it to last and it'll give you it this is what i think they call um is it the monte carlo simulation yeah is that one of these so oh I'm well here. i mean I, when i say yes that is a thing i don't know if that's what they're using yeah. okay well here let's let's have fun with this since i've got it in front of me i just put my spending at 40k yeah and i'm just starting my portfolio at six hundred thousand. right okay okay let's see what happens for 30 years now they just spit out a ton of lines on this graph that blows my mind. Yeah. Ooh, just that's totally Pretty cool, shit. isn't it? Right? Yeah. So there's a line here just glancing at it. There's one line here that says my portfolio will be worth $2 million after 30 years. Right. And What's... there's also a, a lot of lines that go below zero. Right. But the majority of the lines are still above zero. The majority of the lines are. So what does it say here? Uh, it looked at 119 possible 30-year periods. So this is basically an interactive Trinity study. It kind of is, yeah. So, uh, and it says, here's how your portfolio would have fared in each of the 119 cycles. Yeah. The lowest and highest portfolio balances at the end of your retirement was minus $2 million. Well, that's a problem. Yeah. Uh, versus 1.9, or the $2 million, Right. Right. And then it says an at with an average end of one hundred eighty six thousand. So, so that's not enough. It's not enough, right? 
600K is not enough for running the average, right? Yeah, right. So this was this one says that it found that 68 cycles failed for a success rate of 42%. Right. And yeah. if your average is 186, it's likely that 30 or that 30 years and 60 years will be different results. Yes. Right. You're going to have a higher failure rate at 60 years than. You know what we're not taking into account here too is is the age you start this. Well, yeah, exactly. Are you 30? Right. Are you 40? No. Or are you 50? It matters. It totally matters. Right. These are all part of the assumptions. I just, I guess why I ask this question is I want people to think about it. Yeah, no, that's a good I, point. I think that just accepting twenty-five times, yeah, it's like it, if you're if you're twenty-one and starting your career, and yeah, going well, I'm going to need a million dollars to save. Yeah, it might be too daunting to even get on the path. Right. Yeah. Right. But I'm. I think it's more applicable to somebody who's uh, forty-two. Why? Why are you looking at me like that? Are you forty-two? <laughs> <laughs> are you really? I'm going forty-something. Okay. Let's okay. go forty-something. <laughs> Well, there you go. I wasn't looking at you in particular, no. I got some but, more years yeah. to deal with. You have a fund, a retirement fund. You have an idea of what your spending is. I think it's worth it to really look at the numbers and see, don't rely on 25 times. I agree, yeah. I agree with you there, for sure. You know, get into it. Mm -hmm. Really think about how much risk you're willing to tolerate. Well, and yeah. That's a very personal preference too, right? right. What's what's your risk level? Like, yeah. I just typed in if you wanted thirty grand a year off of an eight hundred thousand dollar portfolio for fifty years, and the success rate's like eighty seven percent. Right. So, what was your what was your portfolio? Eight hundred. Eight hundred. Yeah, that seems for low. fifty years at thirty for fifty years. That seems low. Well. I'm but not sure. You'd have to dig into this whether it's you'd have to done check out the assumptions. The and, assumptions with yeah. this inflation. I, I but think I mean, it all goes. One portfolio ends with 16 million. Right. So, who? I mean, but maybe that's a whole other strategy. Is you're planning on having an extravagant lifestyle and you just kind of slowly ratchet it up <laughs> over the years. Well, you could, yeah. Yeah. I mean, now I don't know. I mean, I think this is a really, really cool calculator. And if you've never played with it before, you should go in there and have a look with it. We don't know exactly what the assumptions are. And I don't know how, whether this is just calculated on straight drawdown. It must, they must have an assumption for market growth in here. They're using a long-term average of 8% yeah. or, or whatever. Right? Do they list their assumptions or no? I'm sure they do. I'm just, it was kind of spit, yeah. spitball. No, for sure it up. was. I know I've, yeah. I've played with it before. I just, um, I think you've sent it to me before and I've played with it, but I didn't look at the assumptions either. Yeah. It's definitely worth checking out. It's yeah. uh, it's a good discussion point. And I think, you know, that is such a good point that where are you on your journey is not just how much money you have saved and invested is how old you are. Right. You know, how much longer do you want to be in your job? Maybe you want to be there for another five years. Uh, yeah, maybe exactly. Maybe you want to be there for another 10. Yeah. I yep. mean, maybe you're working there. Lots of people have a pension of sorts mm -hmm. and they go, well, hey, you know what? I'm going to, it's going to be worth it to stay here for five more years. I don't hate this place and I need to get out. Right. Well, and I think there, this is another Canadian twist on it. A lot of people in the U.S. fire space assume that Social Security won't be around because it's underfunded and it's already close to going bankrupt. Yeah, and I CPP is not in that state right now. Funded. It's yeah. funded. It's funded. There are assets that are invested. Well, right. maybe we should clarify that. Like the American system is a government a government funded subsidy. 
Correct. Whereas in Canada, we as a taxpayer, as a working person, pay into the fund. So and our employer. Fund it. And our employer matches. Right. Yeah. And we, the fund. We have so a, they're totally different. We have a similar thing to Social Security called the uh, old age. Oh, yes. Old, old age security. security. Yeah. yeah. That may not be around when right. we retire. I think it's. Or yeah. When, it, when people retire. It may or may not be. That is probably something you shouldn't. Exactly. Count on. Count on. But cpp you're pretty confident well i mean you can go look it up it's interesting reading on their website they it's a managed fund there it's invested for the Canadian future and it's yeah good it's predicted to be good through 20 they always 70 something or other. every three years they the actuary goes over the plan and projects the next 75 years 75 wow so yeah. as of I think 2016. Yeah, it's good for 75 years. Hey, woo-hoo. hey, that's cheers. So we're ready for another. Right. Beer. Hey, there we go. Yeah, let's have another beer. Let's cheers to CPP still kicking cheers around. To CPP, yeah. Well, and good money management by our government. Oh man, I'm gonna get flack for that one. All right, I'm gonna go see. <laughs> <laughs> I was about to start yelling, but I had a I know. Full I was of beer. Taking advantage of you having beer in your mouth. <laughs> All right, I'll go see what's in the fridge. Okay. Check out what I found. This is a local. See a good old Phillips Brewing. <laughs> this is beer time, boys. Uh, so Phillips is one of our, I don't know, do I want to go favorite local breweries? I mean, kind of all our local breweries are pretty favorite. But Blue Buck is an institution. It, it, this you will find across Canada. This is a Canada-wide institution. It, it totally sure. is. I, I mean, you can probably pick it up in an airport if a lot of the, the bars are, are serving it now. We, we've both opened ours, so don't open yours before you read the blurb. <laughs> see, I'm smart <laughs> oh, enough to sideways. see that it's sideways. <laughs> yeah, we weren't. Uh, oh, this is the Blue Buck. Imbius Maximus lives on a diet of Northwest hops and premium two-row malt. It can be found in many diverse habitats. From rock shows to beach parties, its uncanny ability to be at home in any surrounding make it a lively target for thirsty fridge poachers gunning for a trophy. Bear. I've never read that. Before. I've never That's read that either. Great. Right. <laughs> no, Love that. No ruminant mammals were harmed in the brewing of this beer. That's fantastic. I bet a couple been run over on deliveries though. <laughs> Chances are. Uh, <laughs> sorry about that. But anyway. Uh, in an... Sorry for that dose of reality <laughs> yeah. brought to you by the FI Garage. <laughs> in, in an effort to bring uh, cross-Canada beverages to the show so that we can share with our listeners. And hey, if you're out there and you got a beer from your province that you'd like to share Send with us. Send it out. Hey, get a hold of us. We'll pay for the postage at least. Yeah. Be fantastic. We'll give you a shout out. And try your beer on, on Yeah, we want to try mm-hmm. new beers. Yeah, definitely. Well, we're, now, go- we're going to Camp Mustache in... A month or so in Ontario, so we'll be bringing back some beers. Oh yeah, we will. Yeah, we're right definitely bringing looking back forward beers. to that. Um, fun story about Blue Buck. Do you know why it is called Blue Buck? I thought I just read the side of it. The Blue Buck. No, 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 Nimbus. no, 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 Nimbus. No, no, no. It was Nimbus Maximus. Ah, you guys are killing me. <laughs> it was originally called Blue Truck because right. Matt Phillips drove around the island delivering Blue Bucks in his blue truck, but then Red Truck Brewing sued him. Oh yeah, yeah, really, yeah. Huh. Fun story. I would have thought. Yeah. Okay. There you go. Apparently, I bet they could not have come up with a good a, a byline for Blue Truck though. No, this is way better. Yeah. Blue Buck is f- fantastic. You know, I'm gonna be brutally honest here. It's not one of my go-to beers. Right. I don't generally buy it, uh, and you know I haven't had it for a while. But it's there's really nothing wrong with it. It's pretty easy. It's got a bit more like. 
It's a little more malty. I was going to say a yeah, little darker malty taste. Yeah. Is it an ale, a malty ale? Well, it's, Is that it's, what they it's call a, it? I would call it a pale ale. Like it's right. usually if you're at an establishment, you ask for pale ales. Like, oh, you've got blue bottle. Well, if you look at the light, dark malt level and hops level, yeah. it's split. It is yeah. up there on well, the, the malt level. Well, the yeah. malt's high. Yeah. Light, dark, hops are low, malt's high. Yeah, I mean, it's definitely not offensive. It's quite an easy drink of beer. I think it's for people that want more flavor than a, just a, a lager, a generic lager. Yeah. Yeah. yeah I agree. So you're going to get that. So. I would agree with that. So we're pretty, we're, we're going long on time again, eh? Yeah, let's get this wrapped up. I think it's because we're having so much fun, isn't it? This I'm going to have to start splitting these episodes in half. This is really the first debate we've had. Anytime we can start arguing, we generally yeah. have a good time. Yeah, well, I still... Are you not having a good time? I'm having a good time. It's just... <laughs> he's just thinking... He's always of, complaining. He's thinking the about negative the one. editing he has to do. Uh, yeah, that's not an us problem. <laughs> All right. I'll start the wrap-up with this. Okay. All right. From our discussion, yeah. we have decided... Uh, well, you have. you guys have decided. I'm still a little on the fence here that the fi community is too conservative in their assumption of needing 25 times their earnings today the four percent rule so you're throwing the trinity study out the window you're accepting the trinity study but you're throwing it out the window and saying throwing the interpretation out the window yeah you're saying hey maybe you need to take a closer look yeah at where what your personal direction is right i'm not saying you are being too conservative as the listener i'm saying you should think about it it's it's worthwhile analyzing dig into it further rather than just saying hey i need to get to 25 times saying hey maybe i'm okay at 20 because i want to do part-time work or because there's going to be other sources of income yeah so well and i i think you need goals that aren't necessarily financial goals as well right yeah that's fair right Oh, you guys are going to start brewing beer now too? <laughs> I don't see why not. Yeah, nice. I just wanted to follow up on uh, what the accountant was saying before we got our beer about uh, this is Canadian-focused content. For sure, yeah. Um, and the CPP. If you only work for 20 years earning at the maximum pensionable earnings, right? you're going to get a, an $8,000 a year pension. Right. You should really take that into consideration. We're yes. using today's dollars. It's today's dollars, but, but CPP yeah. is inde- indexed for Index inflation. For inflation. Right. Yeah. 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 So you should really think about that when you're looking at what number you need to reach for retirement. It's interesting you bring that up because that plays right into the too conservative model. Is right. that and and rightly so? I think people that retire in their 30s have said. We're not going to include any potential government-provided, funded or unfunded pension or Because OAS. of your time frame. Right. But if you're in your 40s, yeah, CPP you, is not that far away. No, you, you just need 20 years of money. I, well, don't, yeah. so I don't think it you is. You need 20 years at your full withdrawal rate. And, and then, then it can less. rest. I don't think it is right for people in their 30s to ignore it. Okay. Well, I mean, it's going to make a significant difference. Yeah, yeah for sure. And you're... Your analysis of it in your 30s is going to be different from your analysis of it in your 50s. I guess that, yeah, that's a fair point. They're not going to have their 20 years, though, if you retire early. Right. It's from 18. It is. So if if you... Re- I don't think you're hitting your maximum earning years. Like, you need to be um, hitting your... Right now, it's 55 or something, 55. Yeah, 50, 57, 5. It's a but, good chance you're in your late 20s before you're earning that much. Right. Sure, but I, I maybe you can't take the 8,000 that he just said, but you could... Definitely factor in four. Yeah. Right? right? And it's easy to calculate. Oh, bullshit. Okay. It, it, 
It's easy for me to calculate because <laughs> I've done it so many times. If you're curious about what your pensionable contributions are, your CPP contributions, you can sign in. You can sign up for a My Services Canada account. Right. You can go into this. It'll show all your earnings from 18. Yeah. And it'll tell you which years you've had a maximum your yearly maximum right. amount. And there's also another average in there that you can click on and it'll tell you in, if you applied for it today, the value that you would get. So right. it's, it's quite interesting. And you're yeah. right. It should be part of your planning. Yeah. Right. Yeah, absolutely. So are we doing deep dive now? Deep or, dive. or do we have anything else to wrap up? Well, it's uh, kind of a never ending conversation. Though. It is. It is. It's, it's, sure. a, it's an interesting one because I, I think you're right, but it's not going to be for everybody. I, yeah. I like the, I just want to get rid of the generalization. Yeah. And I want people to really think about it. Yeah. Yeah. Your individual situation is individual. Yeah. And they say personal finance is personal. I've heard that said a couple of times. Yeah. So we need to make it. So so is your retirement savings goal. That's personal too. So it should be personal phi. (laughs) P phi. P phi. P phi. P phi. Or phi with a silent P. Oh, like psychology. Oh, yeah. wow. <laughs> we're full oh, of good tidbits, man. aren't we? I thought we were just going to stick with financial independence, refocus energy. I, I still like it. Yeah, it's a good one. We're plugging that for you, accountant. It's probably one of the only smart things I've said in the last month. Nah. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know. You said tap the keg at your party, so that was pretty smart. <laughs> I tapped at 10 happy in the morning birthday, before you guys got up there. Yeah, happy belated birthday. Oh, yeah. Thanks, guys. Yeah. Welcome to the next decade. Yeah, the <laughs> 30s. Man. That's one of the nice things about the FI Garage. We bring you a spread of ages for a comprehensive look at That's personal right. finance. 30s and 40s. Right. <laughs> and <laughs> it used to, to be 20s, 30s, and 40s. I know. But... We need to get another 20-year-old yeah. in there. You're yeah. fired. Oh, man. <laughs> <laughs> we, we can't have two people <laughs> in their 30s. <laughs> Yeah, you're right. Next. I'm, cl- I'm clearly out. I'm out. That that was a quick fight. <laughs> yeah. That was Well, I, I didn't make it to twenty, but I had a good run. Yeah. Well, I for one, while we're on the just to wrap up because we yep. gotta move on here. But I, I do agree with you. I, I kind of understand where you're going with the whole conservative and, and I'm on board with that. I, I don't intend to have twenty five times my earnings when I call myself FI. Because uh, I'm more than willing to go out and, and do some other fun stuff, earn a little bit of money. And yeah, I'm, I'm a little more risk tolerant. Right. For sure. Yeah. 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 So interesting. Okay. We might have to revisit. That's a good, good discussion. Uh, We're revisiting right away. <laughs> well, our... I also, if any, <laughs> what, what? No, 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 I no, just, no. I want to hear you from do listeners. You. I want to hear what other people's plans are. Like, yeah. leave us a comment. Leave us a note. What, totally. How are you structuring your goals and setting your goals? Are we right that the community's just assuming 25 times? Or? or are we way off? Yeah. Yeah, because we didn't even talk at all about whether you've got a company pension or a defined, you know, defined contribution oh, or defined and, yeah. benefit. And, right? I mean, that changes the that. calculation in a huge way. Yeah, yeah, it's crazy. I think really where you're going with this is that factoring in other forms of, uh, I don't want to call it income, but you, you, should, pass- yeah, you should pass- call it income. Passive or active. Right. 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 Passive yeah. or active is what I was going with. Yeah. Right. If you had a rental property, you need to put it in here too. Absolutely. If you own a business and it spits off. I mean. Yeah. Yeah. I it's, think, it's I think personal. If, nothing, if nothing else that we've decided on this show is that everybody's going to have a super interesting and different and different calculation to come up with. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, 
can we at least agree on that? I think we can. We can agree on that. All right. Back to the start. I like this beer. I like it more now. I, 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 it does grow on you. I mm-hmm. think the 76, 76 is a winner. winner. Yeah, I agree. Yeah. Just a reminder, we're not actually sponsored by any of these breweries. We no. just enjoy having a beer while we talk we're about hopeful. finance. We're hopeful. We're <laughs> hopeful. Uh, we might have to do a whiskey episode one of these nights. Oh, I do have one for that. We should probably do that. Yeah, we should. Thanks for listening. We uh, just kind of probed the old 4% rule, which is always fun. We didn't. We we assumed the 4% rule was right. We we just talked about how we're interpreting it. Uh, thank goodness it's Friday. You can find us on uh, the <laughs> usual uh, social media outlets, Facebook, Twitter, and apparently coming soon on Instagram. Yeah, I'm looking forward to Instagram. I believe we have a bonus beer. Yeah, hold on. Come, come on in. Come on in. Mrs. Money Mechanic just showed up with new cider. It comes in a beaker. Wow. Who, oh. well, where's your glass? Where's your sample Yeah, glass? we all no. have our glasses. It came in a beaker. This is definitely scientist is, material. What it's, is that? This is the raspberry cider I was talking no, about. No, no. What's the oh, vessel? Geez. Wow. You just drank it all. Jeez. It's uh, just to test the specific gravity of it. It's after the first... Well, oh, that is job. fantastic. Not going to have a high beast. <laughs> That's raspberry? That's the raspberry-infused apple cider. That's better. Ooh. Doesn't taste like apple juice. That is nice. That's uh, a win. We'll yeah. See how the booze turns out. Oh, yeah. Get, need to give it another week for the booze to... There's no booze in here? There is. It's been... What's it? Four-day four fermentation? Yeah. That's good. It's, it's, oh, yeah, it's gonna, it needs to dry out a little bit. It's a bit sweet. Raspberry apple. Yeah. Anyway uh thank you so much for listening as always it is the subscribe subscribe let us know uh, if you like where we're going comment you want us to you want us to talk about stuff that... <laughs> <laughs> well the economist is either way <laughs> right on thanks again for listening to the financial independence garage we will catch you next time adios Arrivederci.